Amen. If you'd remain standing for the reading of God's word, we're going to be in Numbers 16, 36 through 50 today. You'll hear the word of the Lord. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to take up the censers out of the blaze. Then scatter the fire far and wide, for they have become holy. As for the censers of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives, let them be made into hammered plates as a covering for the altar. For they offered them before the Lord, and they became holy. Thus shall be a sign to the people of Israel. So Eleazar the priest took the bronze censers, which those who were burned and had offered, and they were hammered out as a covering for the altar to be a reminder to the people of Israel, so that no outsider who is not of the descendants of Aaron should draw near to burn incense before the Lord, lest they become like Korah and his company, as the Lord said to him through Moses. But on the next day, all the congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. And when the congregation had assembled against Moses and against Aaron, they turned toward the tent of meeting. And behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from the midst of this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces. And Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put fire on it from off the altar and lay incense on it and carry it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. So Aaron took it, as Moses said, and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the affair of Korah. And Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of meeting when the plague was stopped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Um, friends, um, young children uh, are very sensitive to smell. I don't know if you've noticed this, but young children are sensitive to smell. And then sometimes when we get to middle school, we lose that. But young children... Uh, sensitive to smell, uh, you know, I remember being a, uh, you know, a parent of young children and taking them to the zoos all over the world, all over the, well, all over the south and all over Oklahoma City to see animals, right? And our kids, when you go into the Oklahoma City Zoo and you turn right, they know right, right after the entrance is the pachyderm house, and it reeks. You go in there and you've got rhino poop in high concentration in a very enclosed space, and it is not pretty. It stinks to high heavens in there. It's gross. Our kids protest against going to the zoo because of the pachyderm house, the rhino situation there. It's offensive. It's a stench. You know, um, our nostrils can't handle it, being in such a closed space there. You know, when we, when we are offended by nasty smells, we seek to cover them up, right? We place potpourris. Uh, we light candles present a comfortable and pleasing aroma to those when they come over to our homes and visit us, right? Uh, when, you know, but then when you go out and eat Thai food and you come home, you smell like Thai food. The environment you're in uh, and the smells of it impact you and, and you see them, you can, you can, it can create a, 
an atmosphere. It can uh, leave you stinking. Uh, it can uh, please you, and it can uh, uh, really destroy you. Uh, so when we see these priests uh, who were offering up incense in the previous passage, we see them uh, taking incense and putting it in their censers, the, 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 the bowl for the, for the burning of incense, and, it, and it's uh, lit on fire with this fire, and, it, and, it, uh, and the smoke uh, and, the, and the smell goes to the heavens, right? Uh, and and it, it communicates uh, a pleasing aroma, you know, uh, that we are uh, acceptable to God, right? This is the, uh, this is the idea here. So that's, a, that's one of the uh, principal duties of the priest. When the priest would go into the tabernacle, he would, uh, from, the, from the, the curtain, enter the curtain, and then you've got the, the outer court there around the curtains structure there, uh, barring the people from access to the holy presence of God there. You've got the courtyard, and then you've got the outer curtain, which leads to the holy place, and you've got the inner curtain, which leads to the most holy place. And, the, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant is. It's the, it's the, the visible uh, representation of the throne of God and, and his presence among the people as he dwells with them. Uh, now, as you, as you see, that the, the priest would go in there to daily uh, offer up incense, to make sacrifices, and then once a year go into the most holy place, and he would do so uh, at, the, at the very edge of this uh, inner curtain, the high priest as he enters, uh, would encounter the altar of incense, which is described in Exodus as it's uh, instructed on how it's to be built and what the incense is to be made of and how it's going to be functioning there in this structure, the tabernacle. So before the priest gets in, he lights the incense on fire, takes the coals, uh, and then he, and he puts them in there and he burns uh, the incense, and it fills both the inner and outer chambers of the holy place and the most holy place, the aroma. And it's a, called a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Uh, and so it's, it's that God has uh, covered us with his presence, and we are acceptable to him. Uh, we are no longer uh, foul to him, and, and, we, and, and we, we feel, it's like to have a, the hospitality of coming in over someone's house, and they light up this uh, fancy aroma for you to welcome you is a big deal. God hospitably welcomes his people represented by the priest. It's a major, it's a major sign. This is who your God is, right? To know that God welcomes you and puts on the aroma for you is who he is. Now, if you're trying to sell your home, the realtors tell you, bake some cookies 30 minutes prior to them showing up, and they're more likely statistically to buy the home if they smell the baked cookies. So, so if you, if you understand this is what God is doing here. He's enticing you to dwell with him. He's saying, I am desirable. I have to be desirable to you, and you're desirable to me in these ways. If you think about this, they stunk most of the time, and their life stunk most of the time. They got livestock all around. They're in the wilderness. Uh, they stink, and here God is going to give them this. I, I remember re walking into a, a new business recently, and it's right next door to a dispensary, and as you walk in, you smell cannabis. Right, it's a, it's a stench that just won't go away. There are people whose stench just won't go away. And here's the Lord, welcome them in with this pleasing aroma by representation of the priest. Now, only one guy got to go into that most holy place every year, Aaron, right, the high priest. No one else did, right? But if you know this, it was described in painstaking detail in Exodus. It's described it's as if you could go in there without going in there. You've seen it by reading it. You see it by faith through reading the exact descriptions. And though you haven't smelled it per se, you've seen the smoke go up. You've seen it 
visibly, uh, maybe, but you've seen it in the pages of Scripture. Now, you haven't seen Jesus be crucified and die and rise on the third day, but you've read it. You've seen that you are a pleasing aroma to him through the work of the high priest, Jesus, right? There are no uh, abiding priests anymore. There's a church called the Roman Catholic Church that has priests, and they make sacrifices. They, 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 they call the Lord's Supper a mass, and they, they offer up Jesus' body over and over and over, making sacrifices that you, need to, that you need to be partaking in if you're going to be righteous with God. They deny the priesthood of Christ. You can go to a box and, and you can confess your sins to this priest and he will give you something to do in order to make amends for your sin. Penitence. They believe that the priesthood carries on with men following after this line of Aaron and, and doing these sort of things. They have incense burning in their churches, uh, you know, as, as, if this, as if this priesthood of Christ never occurred. Uh, they have uh, become a, a caricature of the uh, Aaronic and Levitical priesthood. You know, uh, I remember as a teenager beginning to realize that my body would stink when I sweat. And then my Aunt Kay would tell me, if you're smelling yourself, we've been smelling you for two weeks. You know, you need to realize how bad you stink. We don't realize how bad we stink. If we think we can contract, uh, create these little priesthoods that can help us get acceptable to God, we don't understand how bad we stink. I remember as a child also seeing a commercial with Hulk Hogan for right guard sports stick. And he says, a true artist must be known for his inspiration, not his perspiration. Antiperspirant deodorant helps us because we stink. This aroma was to help us to see who God is and see who we are. Uh, and it's, it's run its course. Now, let's look first at this priesthood to understand it better. First, we need to look at this ineffectual priesthood that, was, that, was de- that we were delivered from last week. As you see, Korah's name is in this text. Korah was the one who led the rebellion. And then he and two others who were Reubenites were consumed, and all their people were consumed into the earth. They were buried alive. And then you saw that they led this other rebellion of 250 rival priests. And so God and Moses set up this test of the 250, would, would, open, would, would light up their censers and burn their incense as if they're priests. And the reason they're doing this is theological in nature. See, God had previously given them this uh, commandment to put tassels on their garments and, and, and wind some blue thread in there because they're holy to the Lord. And they're to know that they're holy to the Lord. So when they go in the land, they're to have these garments that can tell you, you're holy to the Lord. Now, their error was theological. Korah led a rebellion because he believed, well, I'm just as justified as Moses and Aaron. I deserve to be in their position, and they need to be out here. I'm holy. We're all holy. Who's to say they should be above us and their, their, their jobs? That's what, that was the basis of it. It's theological. They believed that there was no distinction and that they were holy. Now, the tassels weren't to say you are acceptable because of who you are. It's to say who you are to be. Not that you're loved because of who you are, but it's, to, it's who you are to be because you're loved, right? Now, so, so they're boasting in something that is an error. All behavior sorts, I mean, really does sort of strive out, emanate from theology, from beliefs. They had a, they had a, a misguided view of who they were and it led them to a rebellion, and it stunk. Uh, 
it did not please God. And so the, the smell or the, 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 the priestly censers that they took uh, lay on the ground as we begin this text. And the bodies have been consumed with fire as 250 that day were consumed. And Aaron was not. Uh, Aaron's, uh, God's chosen high priest was not. This rejection of this ineffectual priesthood, it didn't do anything at all. It wasn't able to do anything at all. It wasn't able to bring a pleasing aroma to the Lord because it wasn't God's authorized priest. Aaron wasn't called because he was worthy. He was called because he was chosen. God chose him to do this, this position, this job. And so these wanted to take that up and assume it, and it was ineffectual. It was not blessed, and so it ended up in their deaths, in a catastrophe. So all these sensors, these uh, metal instruments, are, are on the ground, and so what are we going to do with them? And that's where uh, the command comes from the Lord to uh, have uh, the one who was tasked, as we learned earlier in Numbers, in Numbers 4, Eliezer was tasked with caring for these instruments, like the sensors, in the tabernacle. So it says to, he says to him, take these 250 sensors and then can, can have them constructed into a bronze covering to cover the altar of incense uh, as a reminder, a visible reminder, that no one but the authorized priest is to go in there. No strangers, is what he says. And that's a cognate, that's another, that's another like, as you see in Leviticus 10, why were Aaron's first sons, the two, Nadab and Abihu, consumed by the wrath of the Lord because they offered strange fire. And here we have the, the reminder to God's people to never allow a stranger to come and offer up incense, to do the priestly work. No strange fire. No stranger's going to be able to do this, and if he does, it's instant death. Now, God is being gracious to us in, in giving us, uh, taking this holy now, because it's in the, the court of the tabernacle. Uh, they've, they've met in the courtyard of the tabernacle. These, this metal has become holy, and now God's going to take it and use it as a sign, as a signpost of, of the illegitimate, rejected, ineffectual priesthood and say that the, the true priest must be called by God to represent the people. Uh, you must not uh, you know, take this on of yourself. And so we must reject all priesthoods that are illegitimate and non-called by God. Uh, today there are no priests except Christ and a kingdom of priests who are in Christ. There's no distinction of office there that is a priest. Uh, this, this office does not exist. We are all priests in Christ, who is our high priest. Uh, now, uh, the whole Israelite community was grumbling now. You see, uh, you know, they have a spiritual amnesia. A day prior, there's this great disaster, and it was clear that uh, the people who were rebelling against God's will had caused it, and now they're accusing Moses and Aaron of killing the people, of murdering Yahweh's people, as it says in verse 41. So moving to our second paragraph here, after the grumbling of the presence, the presence of the, the Lord appears, the glory cloud appears over the tabernacle structure in verse 43, and then God spoke to Moses and says, get out of the way, I'm going to devour the people, I'm going to consume them, they are going to be eliminated. Now, what did they do? Moses and Aaron, what did they do? They did not run away from the people, they fell on their face and prayed. That's what a legitimate priest does. He prays for the people. Uh, Aaron and Moses pray. Moses uh, tells Aaron what to do. He says, go get your censer, go get your incense, and offer it from the fire from the altar in the tabernacle structure in the holy place. Make atonement for them. 
Make atonement or propitiation for them. Make it right, okay? Make it, make it satisfied. Make God's wrath satisfied through this incense. Incense became the thing of Israel more than the blood sacrifices, incense. They were burning incense all over the place, authorized and unauthorized throughout their history. And you see the prophets judging for this. Incense became the thing. It was the thing that really represented to them atonement and a right relationship with God. And here you see Aaron and Moses instinctively know this is the thing that is needed. And so they go and offer up incense, or Aaron does. It says in the text in verse 48 that he stood between the living and the dead. This is the climax of the story. This authorized priest uh, has succeeded in stopping death. That's our second point. He is a successful priest. He's a death st- he has a death-stopping priesthood. He stood between living and dead. Now, priests were often shielded from dead and bodies and dying, uh, but he enters into the death in order to make that atonement, in order to stand between the Lord's wrath. He doesn't know how it's going to turn out. He, he offers up this, the incense, and the Lord stops the plague as is his will. You see that in spite of this, nearly 15,000 people died. That's roughly 2.5% of their army in a day. 15,000 people died almost. And that's also, uh, you take into account 250 in the prior day and, and others, uh, not counting Korah and the other two Reubenites. Um, so that is a substantial loss. Uh, though, he, though the plague is stopped due to the intercession of the high priest, it's a very costly, horrific day in the history of the people. So every time that priest would light that incense and, and stand before the Lord, uh, he would make that uh, pleasing aroma to the Lord. The smoke and smell would rise up, and it's symbolic of prayers going up to heaven. He's symbolizing what he's already done. He's interceding for the people on his face, and the Lord hears and sees and smells, so to speak, and, and acts. So the incense was made of uh, these ingredients. It's, it's laid out in, in a text in Exodus, uh, Exodus 30, actually, what this incense is to be made of. Uh, I won't uh, bore you with the details, right? But you can see exactly what it's made of. One of the ingredients of it was frankincense, right? You see uh, that uh, Isaiah uh, 61, I believe, uh, prophesied, 60 verse 1, says the nations are going to come uh, from all over the place and offer up incense to the Messiah. And you see the, uh, the wise men come from the east. We, we read about this at Christmas time in the Advent uh, series. The wise men come from the east and they, and they bring frankincense or incense uh, as a gift for the king, right? Uh, these gre- ingredients were, were going to be blended together and offered up to the delight of the Father. So the imagery of stinking before God and being plagued uh, should never be lost from us. We stink before God. We are sinners, guilty of sin from the outset, and we need uh, a priest to stand before us and offer up pleasing incense, uh, which represents atonement, which represents the mediation of the priest and the prayers for our sake, or we are dead. David put this to words in Psalm 38 as he prayed. Listen to what he says. 38, Psalm 38. Oh, Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. That's where he starts. Rebuke me not in your anger, discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me. Your hand 
has come down on me. There's no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There's no health in my body because of sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a burden, heavy, too heavy for me to bear. And then, hear what it says. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. He views himself as stinking. He sees himself rightly in his sin. David confesses his sin. Now, he also says in verse 11 uh, and 10, it says, My heart throbs, my strength fails, and the, light, and the light of my eyes, it's gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague. He is a stinky sinner who is plagued. What does that remind you of? Numbers 16. The people who have grumbled against God, who've sinned against him, stink and are plagued. The plague has come. And David continues, at the, as he says, I confess my iniquity in verse 18 of 38. I'm sorry for my sin. And he concludes with 21 through 22. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. David knew his helpless estate and his hope was in God. See the imperatives there in this 21st and 22nd uh, verse of Psalm 38, this prayer. He pleads with God, make haste, O Lord, my salvation. Be not far from me. This uh, incense was, again, communicative of fellowship with the Lord, the pleasing fellowship of the Lord. He rolls out the red carpet for you and makes it a pleasant thing, though you're unworthy. So in Jesus Christ, God has come near to help, though our wounds fester, though we stink to the heavens, though we should have stood at a distance. Christ has come near to us to stand between us and remove the plague from us in himself, in his own body. Psalm 38 is preaching Christ to us. Number 16 is preaching Christ to us. Aaron is representing Christ. David is calling out for Christ in Psalm 38. If we were to actually read the Old Testament, we'd have to reject what the modern liberal understanding of Christianity is. Liberalism in the modern Christian world seeks to background the atonement of Christ because we're not really that bad. And it, and it brings Christ down. He's not really that supernatural. He's just an example we need to follow. He's just kind. He is engaged in transforming this culture and this world. And you need to be about transforming the world and making the world a nicer place, a kinder place. Be like Jesus. Whether you're a liberal or you're a conservative political church, You've, been, you've went off the rails. You've made Jesus less than he is. Christianity, if it's about anything, it's about dealing with sin through Jesus Christ. It's not about world transformation. It's not about following the example of Jesus. It's not about overturning Roe versus Wade. It's not about more rights for women. It's not about ending all, any, any injustice you might see in this world. Christianity should seek to worship Jesus. And it's to preach forgiveness of sins and repentance to all nations. The Old Testament, especially the structure of the tabernacle, with the curtains and the incense and the blood thrown on the altar and the, and the separations is preaching. We stink and we need a high priest to represent us, to bring us into fellowship with God. If Christianity is anything, it's getting rid of sin. It's not imitate Jesus. Be more like him. There's an ancient heresy uh, from the 4th century called Pelagianism. And it really teaches that sin didn't really impact us at all. We're just like Adam. We can do exactly what Adam did. 
We can choose to accept God if we want or deny him. Sin hasn't really affected us. Later on, that was rejected by Augustine, right? And, and many councils, it's been rejected by more councils of the church in the history of, church, of councils. Later on, though, semi-Pelagianism became a thing. Okay, we are sinners, but we still have the right to assert our will and as regards salvation. And you think, well, who could believe that? Who, want, who, would, who would possibly believe that? You'd be surprised. We preach semi-Pelagianism when we make the will of man the, the, the arbiter of who's saved or not. That that's the, that's the ultimate cause of salvation, the will of man, because we're saying that man's will is not in bondage to sin, that man's will is not dead. But the Bible teaches that we are all dead in sin, that no one can seek God, that we stink. But, the, but there is a priest who will bring us with him into the presence of God by his blood and by his pleasant aroma we will be saved. We will actually put on Christ and his righteousness and dwell in the midst of the Lord, our maker, through his work. We stink, but we have the anticipation here of a life-giving priesthood. You see, Aaron's priesthood was only able to stop the plague. It wasn't able to bring life. It wasn't able to raise them from the dead. But the priesthood of Christ is able to stop death and deliver us from death because Christ destroys the enemy of death in his death. He takes on our sins and bears them that he might die for us, that we might never experience the eternal death. And, and so in Christ we have a life-giving priesthood, which is our third point. Though the kind of plague is unspecified here, Aaron was a true intercessor, though he is uh, a picture and type of Christ. We saw that these rebels uh, try to take up priestly service for themselves, and then we have all these uh, alternatives uh, to the true priest uh, that God has authorized Christ today. And we see that we uh, preach that we don't even need a Christ or a priesthood today, that we can all make our way into the, into the throne room of God by working harder or imitation or by an act of our will. We see that. But Aaron here and what we see stops that talk. Only the, the only one who could go in without dying was Aaron once a year and with blood. The only one who could go in was Aaron once a year without blood. But Christ, having fulfilled that, has made the once-for-all offering, as Hebrews tells us, that we might enter in to the throne room and find grace and help in times of need. We can appeal to the Lord directly. So this priesthood of Aaron was insufficient in that it could not stop death, or it could not bring life. It could end, end the plague, but it couldn't bring life. As, you, as the Old Testament closes, the high priest in Zechariah 3 was looking for perfection. It's anticipating Christ who would actually bring life. The priesthood in Zechariah 3, in this image, if you haven't read it recently, go check it out later, but this priest is dirty, he's filthy, he stinks, he's not wearing the right clothes, he's soiled. And the Lord takes off the soiled garments and puts on the righteous garments. It's anticipating that there's a priest to come. And you see as the gospel begins in Matthew 1, 10 and 11, on the day of atonement, Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, is in the very position where Aaron was, offering up in this temple the incense. And there the angel comes and tells him that he's going to father John the Baptist. 
And they're going to speak to the true king and the priest who's to come, Jesus. The, the, the kingdom is coming at that point. And there's going to be a day in which all the nations will burn incense to the Lord. And it will be, as Malachi 2.11 says. Uh, in, the second, uh, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, Thanks be to God who in Christ has always led us in a triumphal procession. Through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. We now, as the people of God, following after Paul, spread the fragrance and knowledge of him everywhere. We are not able to save anybody, but we're able to spread the knowledge and the fragrance of Christ everywhere. As you see people who are in Christ, they look different, they smell different, they are distinct. Yes, uh, though we are still sinners, we bear the marks of Christ. We look differently than the world. It says in verse 15 of, of 2 Corinthians 2, for we are the aroma of Christ to God uh, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who's sufficient for these things? As you see, Christ is going to be welcomed by some and unpopular to others. Uh, he is the aroma of life to some and the fragrance of death to others. But we bear that out. As Romans 12:1 says, we are to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices, pleasing to the Lord, right? We are these sacrifices. We are this incense. We are the people of God. So there's, uh, and at the end of the day, a new now and not yet priesthood of the entire congregation. We do not have these priests who stand before us. We have one priest who is in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, making intercession for us. And we stand doing priestly work. We stand representing people to God by proclaiming the gospel to them. Here are some things that we do. We carry the gospel. And in doing so, we offer life to some, but we also risk death. We can be, Christ is the stench of death to many. Um, we go to where the dead are. We go rescuing as, as priests, as Aaron did, risking uh, being contaminated, right? We go to where the dead are. We go to where the spiritual dead are, as Aaron did, to, to stand between life and death. The old covenant can only slow down the plague, but this, the reality in Christ can not only stop the plague, it can bring life, eternal life, to all those who believe. Uh, forgiveness and sins and repentance will be preached to all, as Luke 24 says. Thirdly, in this uh, congregational priesthood that we have, we serve under and through the actual high priest and his lavish intercession. Uh, and in, in, in uh, Hebrews uh, 7 uh, and 8, 9, and 10, it speaks in detail about Christ's priesthood, right? It says that uh, brothers, uh, in, and this is 10 of Hebrews, it says, we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. As he made intercession for us in Hebrews 5, 7, when he was on this earth, he walked on this earth. Now he makes intercession for us in Hebrews 7, even today, offering up intercession for us. It says, we have this priesthood. We are able to enter into the holy places. We dwell with God. In Revelation, you see that the prayers of the saints are described as incense going up. We have priestly prayers to pray. Our prayers are effectual because Christ is positioned in the seat of power and is interceding for us. We pray priestly prayers because we're connected to the true high priest. Our prayers are the instrument and the ordinary means, of, means whereby God accomplishes will for salvation for so many. And we have the promise, as God says in Malachi 2.11, that all the nations will 
offer up incense. All the nations are going to be brought into this. So we can pray for the salvation of our friends and family members and, our, and the nations. And God answers that prayer. So we want to think about this. There is no other God out there but our God. And he's called us to be a kingdom of priests, a congregation of priests. So we need to be focused in four directions. Upward, in worship, as priests were to worship him. Downward, and more devotion and, and discipleship and developing our heart for God and communion with him, right? Uh, outward, uh, to be uh, bringing the, uh, the aroma of Christ to the nations, right? And inward, and representing caring for those who are in covenant with us in this community. Outward, inward, downward, upward. These four directions. We can think simply about our role as priests and do faithful work of, of being priests in this world, not as the office because the office bearer is in the position of power. There is actual power not because we have some office, but because we know Christ who is the high priest who lives for, to make intercession for us. In Hebrews 7, 27, it says this, He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of his people, since he did this once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints men and their weaknesses as he a high priest, uh, but the word of God, the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. He has been made perfect forever. And this priest, by a single offering, perfected us for all time, those who are being sanctified. We have so much resources in the great high priest. We go to him and we reach out, we reach in, we reach down, and we reach up. This is who we are. This is who you are in Christ. As, we, as you think about this sweet-smelling aroma, what it must say about you. In your nature, you do not deserve to be here. You deserve to be cast out. But when Christ died on the cross, this tabernacle curtain to the most holy place was torn top to bottom. We have access to God through the great high priest, Jesus Christ. As Aaron waltzed into the tabernacle once a year with blood and, and making this incense, we, through our prayers, offer up incense wearing Christ. We wear Christ, his priesthood. We bear Christ's name. And we get to be what Korah wanted to be, what Aaron ultimately wanted to be and wasn't. We get to be the priesthood of all believers. As you think about how you smell, uh, to the world you may smell disgusting. But if God's calling you, if the priest is working, your words and your life will bring life, the aroma of life to those who need life. That's inside the church. That's outside the church. That's when we are in our secret places in private devotion. That's in our corporate gathered worship. It's outward. It's upward. It's downward. It's leftward. It's rightward. It's outward. It's inward. It's every direction we go. We offer up our lives as living sacrifices to Christ because we're priests of him, because of the great high priest. Let's pray.